Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Hey, what's going on, guys? We're hearing a little bit of Matt Judon, as you can tell, behind Evan Lazar, who's still talking in Foxborough. We're going to power through this postgame show because we've kept you waiting long enough. Um, Patriots lose. By, by now, you know, in overtime to the Cowboys, uh, 35-29. And Evan, you and I haven't had a chance to chat at all, so we've done no game planning here, and I don't know your entire frame of mind. Yeah. I'm... I'm as I'm as frustrated as I've been at this team and its approach and its conservative approach. And and we've been talking about it all year long, little bits there. Today was shocking how just just starting with the punts alone fourth four times punting the ball back to the league's best offense three of yeah. two, three of those are in scores one is in overtime which is the game winning score in addition to a, a, a trillion mistakes i know you asked bill about kneeling on the cl- kneeling on the ball I, what are they not interested in winning games here the cowboys tried to put this on a platter they dominated the game up and down the field they committed a million penalties and they try they fumble uh Dak fumbles at the goal line they gave you every opportunity to win and you just decided you didn't want to win and gave the ball back this was a horrible forget the moral victory good team you went toe-to-toe with a with the cowboys garbage this was a horrible loss for the Patriots. Horrible loss. Yeah, I felt like this game was lost by the Patriots in the middle innings, and I guess that's just baseball on my mind right now because the better team in Boston's playing baseball at the moment and not football. And I think what you see for the Patriots in that second and third quarter, they kneel out the half, right? They, they take timeouts right before the half to get the ball back to the offense. Then I, I truly think because Juwan Bentley punched the ball out of Dak Prescott's hands there on the goal line, the Patriots opted to kneel on it because they had the lead. 
if the if Dak goes into the end zone there and it's 17-14, I think that they allow Mac to try to put together a two-minute drill to go up again. Instead, they basically sacrifice the double score, right? They set up the double score and they kneel on it instead. Then you have some of the fourth and down play calling that was super conservative. And I said this on Twitter earlier in the night, and I think it's still the biggest picture theme that sticks in my head because when I watch their offense, when I watch their defense, I think a lot of their macro level analyses of this team is pretty solid right now. The game plans I think are still pretty good. I think Belichick has the right idea going into the game about how to slow down the Bucks offense, how to slow down the Dallas offense. And they have a game plan that keeps them competitive in these games. But then you get into the micro level situational management and you start to talk about drives in the middle innings there that were just absolutely roads to nowhere right three four play drives that put the defense right back out on the field i know a lot of people are harping on the defense giving up almost 600 yards uh, and you know really i think that's a franchise record or most ever passing yards against bill belichick or something like that for dak prescott today the defense was out there for i believe it was here i got it right 82 plays guys 82 plays and they held Dallas to 23 points in regulation. The defense was not the reason why the Patriots lost tonight. The reason why they lost tonight was because their offense was terrible for stretches in this game. And they were conservative with their – they had them up against the ropes in the, at the end of the second quarter, and they kneeled on it, and they were conservative there. They could have gotten into field goal range and then scored a touchdown to open the second half and really put this game away. And I feel like that's what Patriots teams of old would have done but instead, they don't go about doing that. And we get into a situation where Dallas is able to hold itself in the game, even though the Patriots really won the first half pretty handily. They, yes, but still, the time of possession and the total plays run uh, was heavily in Dallas's favor uh, for, for a lot of this game. There was a point in the game where Dallas had run more plays on the Patriots' side of the 50 than the Patriots had run, period. Okay? Yeah. So this, again, goes back to – right – the 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 conservative play calling i don't know if the randy gregory hit on mac jones rattled them and they were worried about it and they decided to get a uber conservative again or whatever it was but we're midway through the third and mac had thrown 10 passes his first incompletion was that ball to myers i think uh so i mean again they didn't have a lot of opportunities but again i keep going back to the punts evan yeah. i know this is a philosophical thing that some people do it and some people don't the patriots are on the conservative side but when you factor in again Again, your defense is dying. You, they've been on the field all game, and you yeah. just keep giving the ball back to this other team that's just ramming it down your throat. Drive after drive. If the Cowboys weren't killing themselves with turnovers and penalties, they would have scored 100 points this game. So what are you doing here? You're, half of the guy, three, four guys are out with injuries. Matt Judon can't get off the ground because he's dog tired. Everyone's like, is he hurt? No, he's literally exhausted. You're right. They, they couldn't move. They couldn't run. And you think this is a winning formula? Like, again, it's not just that. They just keep doing the loser things we used to kill other teams for coming in here uh, left and right. And it's just the amount of mistakes and the penalties that they're taking. It's just I, the, you're right. Maybe the plan is good. 
in the game, whatever's happening is not the, the execution that, is terrible. That's the biggest thing to me is that the plan going into the game on defense specifically has been good basically all season long, but then they get into these situational type of moments and the coaching staff is the guy is the one that's letting the team down, not the players. It's the coaches. And I, I look at some of these decisions to kneel out the half, to not go for it on some of these fourth and shorts. And I think a lot of it comes down to the offensive line and the fact that they can't block on third and one or fourth and one to save their lives. So you have to go to the air and you have to put it in max hands at that point. And that's when it becomes dicey for the, for the coaches. Right. But the problem is, is when you don't go it for it on these fourth downs, when you kneel out the half, the Patriots are no longer the better team. Right. They are no longer the more. So you can't play like that. You have to play. You have to be the risk takers here. Yeah. And when we look at the Patriots of old. Right. And we look at the Brady era and all those things. When we look at those times when teams used to punt on the Patriots on fourth and one, when they used to kneel out the half, when they had the lead on New England, when they used to not, you know, kick field goals against the Patriots, we always used to laugh and ha, ha, ha. You'll Patriot, never beat you know, the Patriots right, that way. Right. Yeah. And now the Patriots have become the team with going up against the MVP quarterback and Dak Prescott, going up against the better team in the Dallas Cowboys. And they're the ones that are being way too conservative. So now the tables have turned. Now I feel like I'm watching the Patriots and thinking of, all those teams of yesteryear that would always come here into New England and Foxborough and they would always play conservative and not to lose against the Patriots and they would lose anyways because they wouldn't score enough points to beat Tom Brady and that's what I look at with this this Patriots team right now the Patriots are a bad football team because they keep beating themselves they have talented players they have good schemes they have good I think they have talent I think they have medium i mean as you don't you don't hang with tampa bay and you don't hang with dallas and take if those you stack their talent, talent if you if you rated teams by their roster only the patriots are middle of the pack team uh, maybe middle of the pack is is fair but when i look at these games that they they've now lost they're two and four and five of the uh, four uh, three out of four of these losses outside of the new orleans game are very winnable games sure so if you're right there in these games with teams that means that your talent describe the talent gap is not so massive well, that they're getting because they when you look at dallas and you look at tampa bay a lot of people would say that those rosters are so much better than the patriots rosters that they should just be getting they should have lost this game this should have been a boat race by dallas they should have lost this game by two or three touchdowns the way that some people talk about the Patriots talent and the Patriots coaching but they have the ability to talent they have the talent and they have the coaching from a philosophical scheme system perspective to be competitive with these teams but if they don't have a little bit of a of a push here from the coaching staff a little bit of confidence from the coaching staff then they're not going to win these games and and that's why they're a bad football team and that's what this is what's frustrating right now is and again, middle of the pack talent where you should have a coaching staff that elevates you. This is what the Patriots have had teams in the past. They've also had Tom Brady quarterbacking those teams, but they've had teams where they had deficiencies everywhere that they would cover up with obviously a great quarterback. And you would figure Bill was worth two to three wins a year. Bill right. might be Bill might be two losses on him this year. Uh, uh, just the way that. Some of some of the decision making has gone. The, this coaching staff is supposed to win you games. They're supposed to take yeah. a ro- roster that's because not- they did the same thing against Tampa Bay. They did the yeah. same exact thing against Brady, and they were conservative. They had they had the Brady on the ropes. They had Brady, some opportunities, to and go they up let them 
Maybe not get, and they let him off the hook. The same thing that they did tonight. And I come back to you. Look, I, we can argue about where they would rank if we if we stack their rosters one sure. for thirty two in Madden ratings or PFF grades or whatever you know uh, metric you want to use. We can get into a, a philosophical discussion about where the talent gap is. But if the Patriots' talent gap was so significant and they have they have, were so talent depleted then they would be they wouldn't be in these games against these good teams we, we may be nitpicking on it I, I truthfully i think the talent is worse than middle of the pack i think if you went position group by position group you'd be hard pressed to say I, that. I, I think the reason why is because the patriots don't necessarily have the talent at the skill positions that some of these other teams do right you look at dallas and you see cooper and you see a cd lamb who was a monster tonight and nobody could cover him. You see Tampa with Godwin and Evans and AB and, and Gronk. And you look at all these players and these, all these te- you know, teams have all these skill talent, but it's not just skill talent, right? It, you, there's other positions on the field. It's not just wide receivers, right? And I, I think we get caught up a little bit too much in that. And I, I look at the Patriots and I would, I say, that if Bill Belichick could no longer coach and they had zero talent, then they would be a lot worse. They, they would be, they wouldn't even be in these games. Right, every game would look like New Orleans, where they're turning the ball over two or three times and losing by multiple scores. They are a bad football team right now because situationally they are not making enough plays to win these games, and that's what bad football teams do. I'm not sitting here and sugarcoating it and saying they're a good team that's just getting unlucky. They are a bad football team right now, and the reason why they're a bad football team is because they're getting into these situations where it's one play here, it's one play there, right, and they're not capitalizing on the opportunities they had Dallas at 14 to 10 for a lot of this game right they had them at 14 to 10 for a lot of this game and a couple of different opportunities to go up 21 to 10 even 17 to 10 right just just to put some pressure on Dallas and be up multiple scores in one game here and they couldn't do it and that that's what bad teams do they let the good teams stay in it and then the good team ends up making more plays at the end in the fourth quarter and overtime to win the football game Yeah. Um, So uh, that's where we are. And again, it's super frustrating. And Evan, I know, you know, you were in that press conference. There wasn't a lot of, uh, you know, questioning of Bill and and stuff. I know you tried to ask there about the kneel down um, and got a typical answer and everything else was just kind of, you know, letting them off the hook, uh, you know, so we're not getting a lot of answers for a lot of the decision making. But again, I'm just, I'm confused philosophically why they, 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 they think that, conservative is the way to go with this particular roster. And I think it's, and again, I just don't know if Bill just still thinks this is his old teams that could execute down the stretch exactly the way he wanted them to. So we, I understand we are depleted. We cannot keep up with this team. So we have to do these things to keep it close. And that I believe is probably the mindset here. It just keeps not working. And now it's cost them three games. They're two and four. Okay. Miami, Tampa and the Cowboys are on how the staff managed the game in the game, particularly in the critical stages. And I don't think that's up for much debate. It's just how it went down. So I don't know where you go from here. Again, you're two and four. You've got the Jets. I guess that'll make you feel a little better about yourselves. But at some point, there has to be something has to change. Yeah, I mean, I I have to do something very differently. I read a stat earlier today, and I have to do the quick math in my head. But they were seven and nine last year. Now they're two and four this year, and I think it's three wins out of those uh, out of those nine wins come against the Jets. 
right? So, so you're really against the rest of the league. You're something like six and thirteen or something like that in the last right. two two years. And we know that they're going to beat the Jets next week, and we know they can beat the Jets in their sleep, right? Bill Belichick can roll out of bed and not game plan all week and beat the Jets, right? That that's that's not the what we're trying to do here. We're trying to do more than just beat the Jets. And I think what you keep on coming back to is that the Patriots are not a good enough football team to when you have your your foot on their throats like the Patriots did in the first half with Dallas today when they're up 14 to 10 and they have the football and they're on the their Dallas is on the ropes you cannot be a team that lets them off the ropes because Dallas then started to get off the ropes and then the talent discrepancy ends up weighing out and the fact that the Patriots are on defense is on the field for what 80 plays right finally the the straw that broke the camel's back there was in the overtime drive and the, really the drive before overtime as well when they kicked the field goal to send it into overtime you could just tell that the defense was gassed so the biggest things that i take away from this game are one the patriots still have a, a conservative approach problem Two, the offense was so bad at st- in stretches in this game. The offensive line was really bad in stretches of this game as well that that really let dallas off the hook and three and I'm sure we were going to get to this at some point. At least Mac Jones is, continues to show you some balls and continues to show you some some good stuff, right? Some things that you can really say, okay, this kid has got it. He's got a backbone. He's got an ability to to bounce back from mistakes and have a short memory. There are cer- certain things about Mac Jones that you look at as if we were any other city and we were just trying to to have a you know, pats on the back, right? And 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 have moments where you get to say, oh, these are moral victories and we're moving in the right direction with the rookie quarterback. The Patriots at least have a rookie quarterback that's making plays out there. Sure. And again, that's going to be ultimately once, you know, for whatever reason, the offseason spending spree, having the new quarterback, yeah. um, you know, there's a, you know, a defense that looked on paper to be, uh, you know, formidable uh, preseason expectations. I do think a lot of people were thinking, OK, return to relevancy. You're back in the playoffs. I think ultimately it's going to take a little while for the fan base to have to can just recalibrate expectations and say, Okay, let's build on some positives. And what are they? The, right. The, the the thing though is, uh, look, quarterbacks the most important thing. And if you feel good about what they have here in Mac, continuing to grow and you know evolve and 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 develop uh, throughout the course of the year, that's great. I, I just don't have a ton else to feel great. I mean, Damian Harris runs really hard right now. I don't have a ton else to feel super good on this team about um, uh, right now. And that's that's what is a little bit depressing. It's not like there's a bunch of draft picks hitting it out of the park, coming up the pipeline that are impressive, like crazy. You've got underachieving free agent signings, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, uh, a depleted secondary that's going to have issues uh, throughout the rest of this year and into next year that you have major concerns about how you're going to be able to keep that thing uh, functional and an offensive line that was supposed to be a strength. That's an absolute disaster. You got two starting linemen today and it, it wasn't even clear whether they were good enough to, to start uh, and they didn't start, but when they were out there, I don't know if Wynn was the guy you wanted to be out there. I mean, they're in, they're in a bad ways in a lot of different places right now. Yeah. I mean, th- this is to me was the difference in the game. I just pulled up the drive chart and you look at the, the drives for the offense and the second and the third quarter. 
of this game when the Patriots go touchdown, touchdown on their first two drives, one of them up with that turnover on downs on Dallas's opening drive. They get the short field, they punch it in. Then they go on a four play 75 yard touchdown drive, probably their best drive of the season where they actually hit three explosives on one drive. Go figure that they could actually do that on one drive. They get three explosives on one drive and they score. Then they go four plays, fumble, three plays, block punt, the kneel out to end the half, three plays, punt, three plays, punt, five plays, punt in the second and third quarter. That's six straight drives where they ran a grand total of four, seven, 10, 13, uh, 16, 21 plays in six drives from the second and third quarter. Those are the types of drives, and I think at certain times in this in this game, uh, you definitely saw Dallas's defensive front take over the game. Right, Randy Gregory, for example, was an absolute problem for the Patriots on both sides of of the tackles. Right, whether it was over the left tackle or the right tackle, he was giving them all sorts of issues. So I think the offensive line breakdowns and the fact that they couldn't throw the football down the field because Mac didn't have the time to do so really reared its ugly head in those second and third quarters. But that was to me when the game was lost because the defense was holding its own at that point against Dallas. They were giving them opportunities to take the lead and take uh, two score leads at certain points in the second and the third quarter. And then the dam kind of broke for the defense in the fourth quarter a little bit. And that's when they really started to rack up those yards is once the plays really started to snowball on the Patriots defense in terms of the just sheer amount of plays that they were out there on the field because the offense was just three and out, three and out, three and out, right? And that is uh, – well, when I look at this game just in a vacuum, uh, the second and third quarters is where I really feel like this game was lost by the fact that the Patriots offense couldn't string together drives and couldn't string together possessions and just couldn't stay on the field at, for more than four plays at a time. Well, let's 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 talk about some other things because you're right. That's that's where kind of you know the 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 short drives and the Patriots defense being out there obviously had lasting effects throughout the game, and you could see just how wiped they were by the end of the game there, yeah, uh, and just couldn't hang on. But what about all the little stuff? What about uh, you know uh, you know the not getting the right substitutions uh, onto the field and different things the Patriots don't do, special teams breakdowns and all these little things. I know you see a lot of people in comments, a lot of people questioning uh, the secondary coaching outside, beyond, because as you're right, I mean, this may not be fair characterization because we don't know what's happening behind the scenes, but if the game plan is good coming into the game and they're not executing at small little facets throughout the game, are you starting to question whether or not the support staff here might have something to do with it uh, along the way. Does does Bill have the coaches uh, yeah. at all levels that he used to have once upon a time? Because there's a lot of stuff that's falling through the cracks here at a lot of different times. And I hate saying patriot-like, but there's very unpatriot-like things that you just see left and right that you would never see from this team, not on a consistent basis. You're seeing multiple, uh, multiple things a week happen here to, to the team that you're not used to seeing. Yeah, the block putt was brutal because that was the fourth and one decision to – not go for it on fourth and one from the 35 and punt it and the punt gets blocked. Right. So the, 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 the win probability models went berserk on that one, <laughs> right. right. Because you punted it, which was the wrong decision by the math. And then you got the punt blocked. So now your win probability just 
de- decreased all over the place, right? So that one, right. I, I saw all of my my analytics gurus that I follow on Twitter just going absolute bonkers that the Patriots punted there and then kneeled out the half that they were all just like ready to grab their torch and pitchforks and, and take them to Gillette Stadium to meet Bill Belichick in the parking lot. So the, those two decisions were really uh, a big problem for the team. And I, I also just, you know, you talk about some of the other miscues. I, I would say that the one other thing that really stood out from a defensive perspective, a, a flaw, I thought the plan uh, defensively worked pretty well, which was Ben don't break, but it's fine. And that's why when I look at the yardage totals for Dallas, I don't care. I don't care that they gave up almost 600 yards of offense. It's irrelevant. The reason why they lost this game was because, they tried to blitz Dak Prescott a few times and they really weren't able to get any pass rush going. Dak dropped back to pass 51 times, right? And wasn't sacked. That That's incredible. That That is absolutely incredible that the quarterback drops back to pass 51 times and he was never sacked in the game. The very last play of the game, the touchdown to CeeDee Lamb, an all-out zero blitz, let's send the house. And Dak Prescott has nobody in his face and just, and just lost it over to CeeDee Lamb for the game-winning touchdown. Now, the Patriots went zero blitz in that situation because they give up a few if they get into field goal range the game's over anyways right so it's almost like a goal line situation there Uh, yeah i I understood what they were doing there they sold out yeah yeah but the fact that they i understood what they were doing from a situational perspective but the fact that they couldn't get home even when they blitzed against dallas was a really telling uh, thing about this patriots pass rush so if i had to pick on the defense for one thing in particular it would 100 percent be the fact that they couldn't rush the quarterback effectively because uh, we all talk about the secondary and every people are open all the time. The secondary I thought actually had some reps and Bill Belichick said it after the game as well, where they covered pretty well and they had them covered pretty well, but Dak Prescott's just standing back there and he's a mobile guy. And there are a lot of the plays that really killed them were these broken plays, right? The scramble drills or the extended plays with Dak Prescott's legs. So the fact that they couldn't get any pressure on Dak the entire game, whether they blitzed or they didn't blitz, uh, was really a, a gigantic factor. And late in the game when you run 70, 80 plays, obviously the pass rush is going to get tired and you're not going to get the same pressure. But they really weren't getting a ton of pressure on on Dak really the entire game. And they blitzed Dak, and Dak is great against the blitz. So he burned them a couple of different times on blitzes, including the last play of the game. For, for the fantasy community out there, Dak left the left the stadium in a walking boot. He strained his calf on the last play of the game. Couldn't have been one play sooner. That might have changed things a little bit, but um, <laughs> did it on that play. Uh, and uh, Cowboys have a bye next week. But um, so you have it there. I have another other uh, other odds and ends you're picking up from this game. Again, it was I I thought after watching and again, the way the game started, the Patriots would be able to exploit the middle of the field a little bit. And I thought they were going to get the tight ends going. I thought they'd be able to work the seams. I thought for sure getting some of the uh, Cowboys linebackers in coverage would be something that they would want to do. And they were working it just for some throws to, you know, the, the touchdown to Henry, a throw to uh, Ramondre Stevenson coming out of the backfield. I thought they were onto something that they were going to continue to exploit. And it seems like they completely went away from that. 
Yeah, I, I thought so as well. The first two drives of the game, really that second drive is the one I point to. They get Ramondre up the seam. They get Hunter Henry up the seam on the touchdown pass. There, there were actual scheme design plays that you got into there. Now I'm assuming that that was McDaniels' opening script because they got the short field on the first drive from the uh, turnover on down. So he probably was running his opening script on the second drive, really. And I thought there were some really good scripted plays that they came up with on that second drive. But then it just went complete. The well went completely cold. And you look at this offensive line. The one thing that the Bill Belichick and, and uh, specifically Dante Skarnecchia always harps on with offensive line is continuity. And the Patriots just have guys coming in and out. Right? They can't settle on one offensive line. I would have much rather have seen them just settle on a line and just roll with it. And whether it's sunk or swim, at least you have the same five guys out there. Right. You know, and we have win in, win out, Haran in, Haran out, Kajust in, Kajust out. You're moving guards around. You're moving pieces around. There was a time in this game where there was a different offensive line combination out there every single drive. And I just don't know how they expect to have any sort of continuity, any sort of chemistry as a line, any sort of productivity as a line when everybody is all over the place and guys are coming in and out of the lineup. Now I get that they've been rattled by injuries. I get that they had the two guys on COVID, but coming into this game, they felt good about the line that played last week. Right. And, and they started the game with they that. rolled with them. Yeah. And, and then Yadi Kajus got blown by, by Randy Gregory and for a strip sack of Mac Jones. And that's when Carmen Brasillo and Josh McDaniels freaked out. Right. They, they freaked out about the line and they said, we got to change. We got to put on when win. We got to take Heron out and we're going to put win in. And when they started changing the line every single drive to try to find a combination that works, when they get out of the practice this week, the most important thing for this offense, because I really I let, read off those six drives in the second and the third quarter. I really saw thought that the offensive line's issues being able to block in pass protection and run block in some short yardage situations, especially really killed the offense in that second and third quarter so the most important thing when they get out of practice this week is you need to come up with a five-man combination on the offensive line that you feel is your best five and just roll with it and you're gonna some guys sometimes guys are gonna get beat that's football right some guy times you're gonna give up a sack or you're gonna give up a quarterback hit here or there you can't just pull every single guy just because he has one bad rep right? That's when you start to jumble things up this line is just all over the place right now and I'm not just I'm, the coaches, you can definitely point to that. You can definitely point to the injuries, but it's just an absolute mess. The offensive line is an absolute mess, and it's been tanking the team all season long. It is where all of the problems start, and it's really hard to get a read on so many things as a result of it because not only is it impacting what Mac and the skill position players can do, but it's really messing with the coaches' heads and their philosophy, and you're seeing how many games where – this exact thing happened a, a mid-game freak out like they can't block anybody let's go ultra conservative and it's costing right right over and, and, and over and over after, again it's, it's it, the trickle down effect off the offensive line just absolutely being garbage this year it has it is what's killing everything yeah the, after the randy gregory strip sack where yadi could almost got mac jones put in the hospital right they went that was when they went 110 percent conservative with the play calling they parked the bus at that point, essentially, right? And, and that was the beginning of the end for the Patriots. As soon as Yadni Kajus gave up that sack, they said, oh, boy, we, we're going to 
three-step drop, ball is out, quick passing, no downfield throws whatsoever, and, and then also running the football, conservatively running the football. And, and they really they, they tightened up at that point because they weren't they were confident that the offensive line was going to be able to block. And I actually thought, you know, Kendrick Bourne hits the double move at the end of the game. Nelson Aguilar ran a good route earlier in the game and got open on a 27-yard completion. I thought there was actually going to be some opportunities for them to push the ball down the field if they trusted it. But they clearly didn't trust it. And I don't think it's Mac Jones. I think it's the offensive line. I, I think they don't trust the offensive line to block. And they then Mac Jones obviously turns the ball over because the line is not blocking and he's trying to do too much with it or, or gets blind, you know, hit like he did on the Randy Gregory hit and, and, set and fumbles the football. So the line, it all starts there, right? If you have poor offensive line, I don't care if you have 07 Randy Moss with 2011 Rob Gronkowski out there at the skill positions, right? And you don't have an offensive line that can hold up and block people, then, then there's nothing that you can do. There is nothing that you can do. Evan, I don't even know where else to go. If the Patriots had won this game, we could talk about a lot of other different things. It's just, I think we're just stuck on the same thing, which is, um, you know, what we've been kind of, you know, beating a dead horse over. Um, I don't know where else to go with some of this stuff. So I'll ask you other things that may or may not have stood out to you. And again, um, you know, defensively, again, I I think people are going to be fooled a little bit by, you know, it being as close as it was. I mean, the Patriots gave up 600 yards of offense here. I mean, this was, this is, uh, they re- this defense really got worked. And when you throw that into Houston uh, and what happened last week, and again, it bears, you know, uh, you know, mentioning Houston lost 45 to nothing and 31 to three in the two weeks surrounding the Patriots game. And they did what they did to the Patriots. And then the Patriots give up 600 yards of offense to the Cowboys. Uh, this I don't know that this problem is fixable either yeah I think I think they can kind of they can keep things competitive scheming properly and doing things the way that they do but this defense is really leaky yeah so I I, look I I still come back I don't I'm not that overly uh, upset with the defense out there tonight you're on the field for 82 plays you kept it close and competitive with probably the best offense and hardest offense to defend the entire national football league probably yeah just because of the rolodex of things that are available to them they have zeke elliott out of the backfield they have a great passing attack they have a mobile quarterback there are so many different things to defend against dak prescott and the cowboys and i actually thought the patriots defense held it down pretty well and and i mentioned earlier 23 points allowed in regulation, they only allowed 23 points defensively in regulation. Six of those points came on the pick six by Trevon Diggs, and then they gave up the touchdown in overtime. It was 23 points in regulation. Sure, but Dak scored a touchdown on third down, and it didn't count, and then he fumbled on fourth. So, I mean, you know, there's uh, it, sure, but the, he didn't. You know, it, yeah. it shoulda, coulda, woulda, right? And, and the Patriots are full of shoulda, coulda, wouldas this year too. So I look at this and I say they went out there with the game plan that was Ben, don't break. Just go out there and, yeah, you're going to give up some yards. Yeah, you're going to give up some plays underneath. And there were some situational moments that were terrible. Yes, the third and 25 where they gave up 24 yards was terrible. Okay? It wasn't they, – they, they gave up a couple of different plays like that, and they gave up a couple of different plays against Houston just like that as well. But what's happening is – and I'm not letting them off the hook. I'm just telling you what's happening around the league is that other teams are looking at these drives as four-down territory. So they're going in there, and they're – 
saying on third and 25, we don't necessarily need to pick up 26 yards, but if we pick up 23 yards, now we can go for it. But the Patriots don't do that on their offensive side of the football, right? So that they do, the Patriots offense says third and 25, oh, it's fourth and two punt right? Dallas gets into third and 25, gets it to fourth and two, and they're going for it. That's the difference between this right now. So a lot of these offenses are looking at third down and they're saying, well, it's really only third down. You know, it's really only a punt situation if we don't pick up a substantial yardage here. If we pick up enough yards, then we're going to go for it. And that's what happened last week. And that's what happened this week, week as well. So I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I look at this team right now and I still point to the fact that they're doing too many things to beat themselves, whether it's conservative play calling, uh, conservative situational decisions, uh, bad play uh, on third down, uh, both on offense and then on defense, a couple of bad third downs. But overall, they were, I think they had Dallas at like three for 13 on third down or something. So it, really a, a pretty good defensive effort on third down for the most part. But I, I still continue to look at this team, and we talked about this uh, you know, two weeks ago. Um, when they lost to Tampa Bay or the loss to Miami, they're lost to New Orleans, that you're just shooting yourself in the foot and stacking the deck against yourself just way, way too much for the fact that you don't necessarily have uh, the talent and you have a rookie quarterback and you don't have Tom Brady anymore. You can't continue to just uh, get in your own way, right? You can't continue to just get in your own way because you're not good enough as a team right now to make up for it. You're not good enough to get away with some of these conservative play calls or some of these bad situational moments for the defense or what have you. So I, I, I just, I, I, I have nothing good to say about this. There's no silver linings really. Uh, the one silver lining that I look at, and I, I know that nobody wants to hear it right now, but the fact that Mac Jones throws a pick six and then throws a 75 yard touchdown pass on the very next play is Mac is the only silver that, lining. That, that is some balls, I, right? That's I agree with you. Like, that's the thing is you're saying it's not, it, it's bad, but not that bad. I actually think it's bad and worse in many of the things that you're talking about. I think they, they I think a lot of the stuff that you're saying is okay. I, I I'm, deeply concerned about this uh, that it's a much bigger problem an institutional problem that i don't think they're going to be able to overcome but the mac thing is the only thing you feel good about i actually think he's the only person who knows what the hell he's doing on offense on a consistent basis yeah um so I, that's the one thing where you feel fine which again i the only thing i'll say is you wish that they could come up with let's not let's just go with your continuity thing. If there could just be enough continuity in the old line where you weren't worried, where you didn't have to completely rewrite your game script in the middle of the, every single game, and you could actually start to open it up, be a little less conservative, just play freaking football. And as you like to say, let the kid cook, just go and friggin' sling it a little yeah. bit and see what happens. It's, we're six game. We can't get there yet. And it's unbelievable. It's frustrating because yes, there will be mistakes and, and, and he'll make some cause he's a rookie. And also because they're an imperfect team and they don't have a outstanding offensive line of great weapons. So that's going to happen, but more good than bad is going to happen. I think ultimately if you open it up and right now, all you're doing is playing well enough to just lose. And you're not, you're not, you're, you're not giving your, your team enough of a chance to win. So if, if, 
seeing what Mac is doing doesn't give you enough confidence to be able to try to do more things. I don't know what I don't know what will because again, it's the only thing I feel consistently good about watching this team. Yeah, so he throws a bad and, and, pass. and Matt Judon, but yeah, that's that's about it. He throws a bad pass to Kendrick Bourne. It's a pick six for Trevon Diggs, and then on the very next play from scrimmage, he goes right after Diggs again Same with a spot. double move to Bourne and rips one. It probably Diggs gets his, cocky. Yep. Yeah, and probably his best downfield throw of the season, right? Just in terms of air yards and, and actually fitting it into a, a tight window. He gets the safety rotation perfectly, right? The safeties rotate weak. The safety goes back to the post safety. He's got the double move. Diggs jumps the, the out route thinking that he's going to have another pick six. And Bourne cuts it up the sideline. And Mac absolutely rips one in between the post safety, coming over to help over the top. And Trevon Diggs trying to recover on the double move. And if that doesn't – if you were a Patriots fan and you watched this game and you saw that throw – and you saw that play, and you didn't say, that's my freaking quarterback, right? Then I don't know what more you want from the kid, right? Because every kid, every rookie quarterback is going to go out there and make mistakes. Every rookie quarterback is going to go out there and throw interceptions. But the guys that have short memories and the ability to just put it behind them and the mental, uh, it showed a lot of mental toughness from Mac Jones, that he was able to just put that behind him and then just go out there and make that throw it just showed a ton of balls and a ton of true mental toughness and then I actually thought in overtime that Mac threw the ball pretty well too if he if Nelson Aguilar doesn't drop that ball on that slant route I think it was on the first or second play of overtime then there's only what the safety was the only guy in this oh my god one one move there yeah. and he might have been he might have he might have gone for six that was terrible drop yeah so he drops the ball in the middle of the field Mac comes back and he hits Jacoby Myers on that diving crossing route to move the chains and stay ahead of the chains and then they go run run and then punt the football but if you look at and also you know the back shoulder at Nelson Aguilar definitely got interfered with but that's you know kind of besides the point because there's so many macro issues with the Patriots right now that a, a ticky tack flag like that that was clearly DPI I, I don't know how much I can really care about that right now but overall, you look at all these types of things, and Mac was – he was right in it, right? He was right there. He had them uh, competing and trying to win this football game, and they just – they just didn't have enough. And I feel for Mac because I think that he's playing his butt off. I think that he he is really uh, – has mental toughness and a, a makeup beyond his years. Cause I think a lot of the rookie quarterbacks, if they throw that pick six to Javon Diggs at the end of the game there, that's it. Right. They, they turtle that that's it. They, they don't come back and throw a 75 yard touchdown on the next play. Yeah. So again, we have to look at it. A couple of people are talking about, you know, just how the schedule is played out for the Patriots. Sure. Starting with Dallas and Tampa in your first six, uh, it, you know, it is what it is here, but Miami, new Orleans, Houston, the jets, uh, you know, this should be for, this should be a four and two team. Um, two and four is obviously not good enough here. Now, uh, is it as simple as the, if you have to say for the people who are like, Oh, look, we've done this. We've beat up a Patriots team early in a season and had them come back around. I don't know yeah. what, I don't know what relevance that has to do with Th- today's those situation. Days are over. I, I think, I think zero. So I'll ask because, again, I think people are still holding out that we'll fix it. They'll turn it around. And I don't know what people are basing that on other than ghosts and history. So I'll ask you, is there anything that you think outside of offensive line, a little bit of stabilization of the offensive line that turns this around? 
that's the number one thing to me. And, and kind of the only, cause I look at this team offensively right now. And I say that that's what's killing their entire team is the, is the fact that they can't string to drives together offensively. And the fact that they can't generate explosive plays down the field, not necessarily in my mind because of the playmakers on offense, but because of the fact that they can't stand, have Max stand there in the pocket and let anything develop long enough down the field to hit some of these plays down the field. Because every time, and I, I wanted to try to pull up the, the grade when uh when mac jones is kept clean in the pocket right now when he's just when he's kept clean he his passer rating his pff grade his yards per it's all great right when he's actually got time to throw in the pocket and let his routes develop and let his receivers get open down the field the system works the receivers get open right and he just can't he just doesn't have the time anymore right now in that pocket and and i would also look at some of the things that they are going to have to change philosophically uh, about the play calling and and about the conservative approach. If they really want to try to push this team and and get this as many wins as possible out of this team this year, then they are really going to have to stick to the things that they are, 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 they they're going to have to be more aggressive and they're going to have to find something with this offensive line. Other than that, I, I don't know because defensively I, I i have confidence in in belichick to game plan it well enough to keep them in games like they did tonight and like they did against tampa bay right they kept them in the game but i don't think the defense is going to win them football games against these good teams i think that they'll be competitive and keep them in the game in the fourth quarter and have a chance to win now that it's going to lie, lie on the offense and see if they're going to be able to get them over the top and the and the play calling and all that kind of stuff and and right now it's all of that's just too much of a mess uh, for this team to get where it's going, but it's frustrating and the Patriots are a bad team right now. And we're looking at a season that if I had to project at this moment in time, unless this schedule really gets weaker towards the end of the season, when some of these teams that the Patriots start are going to play, you know, teams like Carolina, for example, that looked like good teams at the beginning of the year are starting to tail off. And maybe there are some easier games in the second half of the schedule. I think seven wins might be the max for this team right now. And that, and that stinks, right? That that's obviously upsetting and frustrating to talk about. Yeah. That's uh, that's not what you want to see here. And again, you can go game by game here, but you're right. I mean, what teams do you absolutely expect to beat? You expect to beat the jets. You, you expect to beat the Falcons, um, you know, probably the Colts, the Jaguars, the dolphins again, but I mean, that's four games left for that you absolutely assume you're going to win uh and everything else is a toss-up with the way this team is playing you got two more with the bills um you've got the browns who are kind of hot and cold so you don't really know there you've got you're at the chargers that's not going to be easy as you mentioned you're on the road with carolina um so there's some you know there's a few jump balls in that schedule uh but this is going to be a tough one for the patriots to turn around and find their way into playoff contention uh, especially with this start, because yeah. this start could be a four and two start, or at least a three and three, and they've really dug themselves a hole here with the, a lot they, of the things that we've I talked think they about. Tru- I think they truly, to be as objective as I possibly can be, I think they should be three and three right now because you at least give them the win against Miami, right? And not fumbling the ball on the 11 yard line by Damian Harris. And the fact that they came down to the wire against Dallas and against Tampa Bay, you would have thought that they would have won at least one of those three games, right? And they've lost all three of them. So, so I I think conservatively they should be three and three, but I also want to stress one more thing. 
when we start talking about the only wire to wire bad game is new Orleans here. That's what's frustrating here. They they got dominated start to finish in new Orleans, but that's against new Orleans, but that's it. Yeah. So the other thing I want to mention, and I, I cannot stress this enough that the most helpful thing for Mac Jones, when we, when me and Alex start talking about the draft on Patriots, because it's coming, right? I, I've, I've already, I've already held ba- Barth back uh, as long as I possibly could from starting to bring up draft names, and it's coming. If you say any name out of your mouth that's not an offensive lineman in the first round for the Patriots, then we are going to block you on the on the comment section for Patriots. Quarterback. I don't want to hear about corner. A Beckham. I don't. I don't want hear. that either. You don't want a corner. I I, I'll take a corner at some point, but if the Patriots desperately, desperately need to get Mac Jones a franchise left tackle, I cannot tell you how important that is going to be for his development and for his future in this league. If he does not have good tackle play and he does not have good offensive line play, that should easily be number one star it double star it triple star it i don't want to hear about playmakers i don't want to hear about wide receivers that is not the biggest issue here the biggest issue 110 percent is the fact that they do not have the pass protection or the offensive line and the most helpful thing for mac jones and his development moving forward will be better protection up front on the offensive line it will be much more helpful to him than drafting a wide receiver in the first round or or signing an odell or trading for an odell beckham or something like that they need to draft alignment and if they get a top 10 pick and evan neal from alabama just pair the alabama kids together back again right mac jones to get his six foot eight offensive lineman back from bama i would love that apps a lot so I think a lot of people are going to talk about, you know, wide receivers and all this kind of, you know, all these skill position players. It's going to drive me absolutely up, up a wall because you look at teams like Miami, for example, they draft Jalen Waddle in the first round. Jalen Waddle looks really, really good, right? Jalen Waddle is a good player. Two has already been hurt once. He's already been on injured reserve once. And they're one in five because they have no pass protection whatsoever. Receiver. It is Uh, Tuesday. Receiver, I want you guys to get into the chat, yeah. and I want you to yeah. do nothing but suggest, suggest. I just top, always see, I always suggest see top wide receivers. I always for the see everybody. Oh, let's trade for Odell Beckham. They could trade for Odell Beckham if Mac Jones gets protected the way he's been getting protected. It it does not matter. It does not matter if they still have the pass protection that they have. They can have Odell Beckham out there. They can make a trade for Devonte Adams. I don't care. Right? That that's not going to matter. Okay, so again, I want all of you guys on Tuesday to jump into the chat and suggest six or seven uh, different wide receivers that the Patriots could draft. Yeah, uh, and that's all what right. I want. Actually, I it's just not pulled, even a good wide receiver draft. I just okay. pulled. I just pulled up a mock draft. Uh, Patriots at pick thirteen, taking Garrett Wilson from Ohio State, wide receiver. No, there you nope. go. Next nope. pick, Traylon Burks, wide receiver. Oh one of those two would be fine. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I'm go- the one thing I can hang my laurels on as, as a, uh, knowing that Bill Belichick is doing the drafting. I can hang my laurels on the fact that he's not going to draft a wide receiver with a top 15 pick. That's the only thing that I can sit here back here and say, okay, well at least Bill won't do this. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll see what happens, but it's pretty sad that after week six, we're on to the draft. So, yeah. um, 
again, uh, you know, we all know what happened here. And so uh, just to recap it, Patriots lose in OT in a game that they were vastly outplayed, but they were there late and easily could have won. They did not. They are now two and four on the season. They have the Jets next week. Uh, that's going to be the fifth home game in their first. That's home, right? Which one? Jets? Jets, yes. Home, yes. Five out of the first seven. They have yet to win a game in Foxborough. Yet to win a game in Foxborough. Evan is there. Maybe Evan should stop going to games. (laughs) Hey, Um, hey, hey, hey. Hey, 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 hey. I, I had a pretty good record in uh, my first two years on the beat. It's not my fault. That, that Are you I'm kidding? I, I, jo- I joined this business basically and, and started a string of championships in Boston. So um, anyway, that's what we've got right now. Pat's lose. Um, Evan's got stuff to do, so he'll have stuff coming up on our website, CLNS yes. Media. You definitely want to go there and check it out uh, for a, a much kind of uh, – uh, you know, deeper breakdown of the game. Uh, and then obviously make sure you keep it on our YouTube channel. We'll have a lot of post-game reaction uh, and more videos going out there throughout the day, uh, throughout the night, and then tomorrow as well. Uh, that's Patriots Press Pass at YouTube. Please subscribe uh, and you'll be notified, of course, every time. Turn on your notifications every time we go live. Uh, you will know it. Uh, Patriots Beat will be on Tuesday after Evan has a chance to break down some film and then he and Alex can go Looking deep forward in some- to it wide receiver draft talk but uh until then that's gonna wrap it for us thank you guys very much and i feel bad we've got our largest audience at the point in the night right now but we are gonna wrap it up because evan's got a bunch to do and we can't keep banging the same drum here really frustrating loss for the pats uh we will see you guys later thanks a lot for watching and listening